Kali. I, <laughs> I hope you like that intro today. That was for anyone out there who wasn't alive in the 90s. That was the intro to the X-Files uh, show with Scully and Mulder. Because today we're going to be talking about myths and misconceptions to do with chiropractic. I've been really looking forward to having a chat about this myth because it's a great conversation topic. This is the one I've been really looking forward to uh, for many reasons. One, because I hope we have some fun with it. And two, because we want to try to uh, you know, get the truth out there. Because, you know, much like the cancer man, you know, the cancer man's been invading chiropractic and uh, running us down for many years and it's time to get the truth out there and the truth is that chiropractors are really full of alien DNA. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really putting it out there. <laughs> so I've, uh, I've been chatting to all of my clients and getting some feedback and you've been doing the same and uh, there seems to be a few common things, ideas uh, about chiropractic which either simply aren't true uh, or people have a, a distorted notion of it. Perhaps distorted is a great appropriate word for that. We've come up with a list of how many today around about? Uh, less than 10. Uh, we've got eight here. Um, so we're going to move our way through eight of the big ones that we thought. And there was some, as you said, common themes mm. that we heard. And mm. I will add that this is all of our podcasts are unedited and, and raw. And it's, it's straight. We're not going to change anything that comes out. So as you could understand in our previous podcast, there <laughs> I was... was <laughs> I was just about to say, in case I didn't mention, I had... Uh, I underwent some plastic surgery prior to the last podcast, which was having a squamous cell carcinoma removed from my lip. And so I didn't think that my uh, chat was the most fluid that I've been speaking through. So I hope you'll find it uh, much more fluent today. I thought, I thought you did a great job, so I think don't worry about that. Um, so where do we start at misconception number one? So, the first one I'd like to ask you about, Dr. Mick, is that uh, some people don't like being cracked. They don't, do and they? No, which is understandable because uh, and one of the most common things I hear is, ah, oh, too many martial <coughs> arts movies, you can break something easily. Yeah, yeah, there's, that's truth. Uh, and we don't even like to use the word cracked, do we? We, we, we actually... We don't like hearing that at work uh, when we're adjusting people because the word crack implies something's being broken open, doesn't it? So we like to use the word adjusted. Absolutely. And it's not manipulate either because anyone can manipulate a joint. You can do that by cracking your fingers. When we adjust something, it's a specific motion to a certain spot in a certain direction to restore normal motion. So I want you to elaborate, Mick, uh, on why getting adjusted by a chiropractor uh, won't cause loose joints, it's not gonna stretch ligaments, and it's not gonna lead to instability, because they're concerns that people have brought up. That is the greatest one that I hear a lot. Uh, you can't go to a chiropractor too often because if you do, you'll get loose joints. Uh, it'll lead to you having to go all the time because it'll keep slipping out. 
And there's that's a really um, a lot of myths perpetuated on on chiropractic. And the, the the simple answer and the most basic answer is that when you go to a chiropractor, you only ever get adjusted what is fixed in the first place. So it's actually not moving properly. So when you get adjusted, it's stuck and it's not moving. And when it's stuck, it can't free itself. And unfortunately, being a human being, we're designed to heal ourselves. We know that. And we're self-healing and regulating organisms. But there's one part of our body that doesn't, can't fix itself, really. And, th- and that is a spinal joint that is stuck. So it will stay stuck unless it's corrected. So you've got two options. You can leave that joint stuck and leading to some nerve pressure and let it degenerate over time. Because as we know, a joint that's not moving becomes arthritic. And, and I'll just jump in there and say we know from research that was published years ago, it only takes two to three weeks for a joint to not go through its normal range of motion and it starts developing arthritic scar tissue at a cellular level. Yes. So it means the whole area, not just the, the, the bones um, get stuck together and the joints get stuck together, but also the disc in between starts to not work properly because it's because the vertebra on top isn't moving in the way it should, that leads to the disc in between it starting to lose its hydration and the muscles around it actually become shortened and tightened. And the ligaments don't work in the way they should work. So in fact, the one thing that people are frightened of is the one thing that chiropractic does prevent. So what you're saying is... If a joint's not moving properly, it sets sets off this whole cascade chain reaction in the soft tissues, the ligaments, the uh, the muscles, the discs between the vertebra, and as we know, that causes a neurological response to the brain, which we went into in detail on our last podcast for anyone who'd like to have a listen about that. Yeah. So that changes your brain function. Yes. So that's more of the change to the <coughs> nervous system, which we, we, you spoke about in detail about last week. But as we know, there's all these, these other components. And sometimes these are more tangible things that um, the patients come to see us for. Mm. And, and that might be, okay, your bottom disc, your L5-S1 disc, the one that's most commonly damaged, that joint starts to get... That, that, those two vertebras are not moving properly. The, the tailbone, the sacrum, and the disc on top is not moving in the way it should. So the bottom disc becomes damaged and the joints become arthrosed over time because it's not moving in the way that it should. Lo and behold, it starts to then press on nerves and those nerves go into the hamstrings. And so you might end up with hamstring tightness, but the cause of it is the spinal joints that and spinal vertebrates that aren't moving in their correct way. So in fact, what's happened over time is that vertebra has lost its normal capacity to move. So by taking, so by restoring normal movement, you are actually restoring normal nerve function and muscle function by doing that. So we're going to come back to that because we want to talk about muscle involvement and do muscles cause things to go out of place? That's a whole other question. Sure. But I've got a question for you before we get to that. Yeah, mate. 
can I adjust myself and fix myself? That's a great question. A lot of people try to do it, don't they? Um, there's no way. Because, you know, I, I couldn't do it to myself. And I've got 22 years of doing it to other people. Guess what? Neither can I. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> so what... And, you know, i tell you what, that, that's a segue. And a, a good segue. Because you know what's really in vogue at the moment? Rolling. I thought you were going to say Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We did predict him to win. But that was off, <laughs> off mic. Um <laughs> Is rolling. It's a really common one I'm seeing a lot of patients do. I yeah, roll. I don't right. know why I'm yeah. tight because I'm rolling. Yeah. I'm rolling all the time, and but yet my spine's still tight. And that's because a lot of people roll and they're moving vertebrae, especially in their mid-back and low-back, they're moving vertebrae that are already moving too much. So hang on a sec. You're saying they're moving vertebrae. That means someone's rolling and stretching out. Or, or in fact, you could be doing a stretch where you sort of twist your legs over towards one side Great. and you get yeah. something to go crack. Is that adjusting yourself? Yeah, and that's another wonderful point, mate. No. What you're doing is moving joints that are already moving too much. And that actually takes me to the other side of, of what we're talking about is you've got two situations. You've got a situation where a joint and vertebra is locked. And because that one's locked, the ones above and below it have to work harder. And they're often Why? moving... Why is that? Because there's not the spine's meant to work as a team in harmony and balance. It's meant to be a normal flow of movement right throughout your whole spine, much like a slinky or a spring, the way it works. Great description. So once you start to, to tamper with that slinky or that spring, and imagine what happens if you've got a spring or a slinky and you try to play with it and pull it out and the middle of it's stuck. What are the other springs going to do? Yeah, they stretch too much. Yeah. So what's actually going to happen is you end up, when you do the old classic leg over the top and roll, or you do the rolling on your back and you feel the pop, 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 and uh, what's actually happening, you're getting the loose ones looser, and the Mm. tight ones actually get more inflamed and tighter. So why does it, that makes sense, why does it, when you do that, or you might, um, I get other people saying, oh, yeah, I give my neck a twist to one side, something goes pop. It feels better for a couple of hours, but then I've got to do it again. Can you explain that? Yeah, and, and that's, that's a question I actually ask every new patient. I'm sure you probably do too, because what we're interested in is balance. Again, that important word we keep talking about keeps ba- coming up. Balance, harmony, and homeostasis. Oh, I love it. And uh, what, what actually we're looking for is balance. So when you've got someone who's doing that, and it's often in one plane of movement. Mm. So one plane of movement, what that means, that means it's often side bent. So we bend our ear to our shoulder. To shoulder. Yeah, or it's twisting. So it's moving your head in a rotational manner. And, but what happens is one plane of motion is always too, it's moving too much. Mm. So when you're doing that over and over again, the joints, the ligaments around those joints, because they're moving over and over again mm. too much, those ligaments actually become stretched. Mm. And that can lead to the joint, which connects the two vertebrae, becoming quite loose. Mm. And so when you pop it yourself, what's actually happening is you're getting, there's a liquid inside each joint that is meant to lubricate the movement. It's called mm-hmm. synovial fluid. Mm. And that's surrounded by an elastic capsule. So when you pop it yourself, that liquid turns to a gas and it gives you temporary relief because the small muscles that are trying to stabilise the vertebra, that are trying to hold it together, actually get stretched out for a little while. And when, I think, um, something 
I wanted to hear when we always talk about the brain. I think I'm fixated on brains. That's all right. It's good. Um, every time you crack something like that, every time you're adjusted or you crack a joint like that, the knuckle in your that finger. That was a knuckle, people. That was a knuckle. It was. Um, it releases endorphins. So that's the reaction in the brain. Releases serotonin, which is the feel-good chemical. Uh, and dopamine. So we feel great for a short period of time. A couple of hours later, your brain knows that you haven't moved the joint that needs to be moved and you need to move it again. And the joint that's moved too much gets stretched too much and starts to wear out more quickly. Absolutely. So basically we have a situation where a joint that moves too much or a joint that moves too little becomes degenerative. Okay, so there's that, and they become degenerative, they become damaged for different reasons. One for lack of movement, the other one for too much, too much. movement. So, so in actual fact, that myth that uh, visiting a chiropractor and adjusting joints that aren't moving enough, if that doesn't happen, you actually get more wear and tear. So I hope we've myth-busted that particular one. Uh, let's move on to the next point, and this is something which, um, and usually it's people who haven't visited chiropractors and don't know what our education is, and that is chiropractors are not real doctors, and even why can they call themselves Dr. Mick and Dr. Andy? Yeah, mate, I, I think <laughs> that's one I have fun with, because often when I meet a new patient for the first time, I often call myself Dr. Nick Riviera. Right. <laughs> hey everybody yeah that's right and just to, to take the mickey out of it um you know it's a it's a good uh, icebreaker and uh the reality is is that chiropractic uh the amount of study we have to do especially in our day mate i, mm. I mean i don't know about today uh the how many hours chiropractors have to do i'm sure it's a stack you know i'm sure it's still five years full time yeah, isn't it's it probably i would say it's definitely they do more study and more science than what we did 25 years ago, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, so, and back then, I mean, I, I think that one of the things I often tell my patients, and they're surprised to hear this, is that when we were went through, we were in classes with medical doctors. So there was a whole, um, we, we did anatomy, physiology, Biochemistry, biochemistry, histology, neurology, neuroanatomy, visceral yeah. anatomy, yeah, right? And right. and we and what it was, about what about mammalian embryology? I did well in that I, only because the the guy who was the tutor uh, was an ex drug dealer and told us the exam before we went in. So I absolutely brained that one in mammalian embryology. That's Wasn't that fantastic? I thought it was because you were drinking with the lecturer. At the <laughs> No, yeah, that would have been uni. That was Dr. Murray. I, re- I still remember his name, Murray the Walrus. <laughs> yes, he had the big the handle on I was asleep <laughs> in that class half the time. I think yeah, it wasn't very relevant to me. Uh, so, so, so the point is, the, and, the, and the point is too, and, and the reason why I brought this up, the standards that were expected of us were the same standards that they expected of the medical doctors. So there was, it wasn't like they had a separate course for chiropractors or they, you know, they, they said, oh, it's the chiropractors, we're not watered down what we do. 
not get, not expect more of them. No, it was taught by the same individuals who taught the medicos going through. And as of today's university standards, all the kids going through now and the chiropractors going through, that, uh, because you have to have a certain standard for it yeah. to be accepted. You to know, become a review. chiropractor yeah. in Australia, it's, it's a five-year course. It's a master's degree. You do over 5,000 hours of contact study, which is the same amount of time that the med students do contact hours at university in their six years of medical degree. So that's not including the specialties and whatnot. So we do the same amount, approximately, contact hours to get our degree, and hence with our knowledge and qualifications, it's legislated by the Australian government that we are doctors of chiropractic. Yeah, and interestingly, on that as well as as the term doctor, there's. Did you? Know, I know you're very aware of this, but to become a true doctor means you know a lot of people are meant to have a, a to, the true sense of it. As we know, we've already spoken about, it means to teach. But in academic terms, it's you're required to have a PhD, aren't you? Yeah, so, that's right. That's right. So we don't have a PhD. No. But neither do general practitioners. Exactly. So are we any less of a doctor then than a general practitioner if the standard is that you're meant to have a PhD to call yourself an ac- the academic title of doctor? Well, I, I think, yeah, the, the point you're making is um, the word doctor seems to be associated with medical practitioners and not a level of education. Uh, and so just over time and, and general social custom, it's the, the GPs that get called doctors. Uh, as opposed to people with a certain level of education. Yeah, agreed. So uh, hopefully we've myth-busted number two. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Done. Okay, so point number three. Um, If you go to a chiropractor, often they want you to keep going back. Yep. Why is that? Well... I, look, I, I think that is one of the, you know what, that, that is something that is a journey for every chiropractor and every patient to undertake together. And by that I mean, if you come to see me with a back pain and I say to you, look Andrew, uh, to get rid of your back pain may take this amount of time, but because you're coming to see me at age 45 and this joint that we spoke about earlier is either moving too much or too little, if we don't address that fundamental underlying problem, I can guarantee that your problem will return. Mm. So a lot of people, um, a lot of people, lay people come into chiropractic looking for pain relief. Mm. And because they're not aware and they're not educated in a manner where they- un- What caused the pain. What caused the pain and what's it, what it's going to take to fix mm. the problem is that once pain goes, they don't see the point in coming back. Mm. And sometimes that's the fault of the chiropractor as much as it is the naivety of the patient. Okay, so I would say that that's a myth that, that could possibly... That, that's something that lies in the onus of both parties here. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I would say, why would you brush your teeth every day? Yeah. Well, to prevent decay and degeneration. Well, it's the same with chiropractic. To be honest, you don't have to keep going back, but your body's going to wear out more quickly. So it's a decision for each individual to make. Do you want 
short-term relief, but that's not going to get to the cause of the problem. And in fact, your body will continue to decay and wear out more quickly. Or would you like to adopt this as part of a healthier lifestyle, which will give you more health and vitality in years and decades to come? So that's the difference. It's an individual choice. You don't have to keep going back. But if you do, you're going to be a hell of a lot healthier for it. And one thing that's important to me that I know would be important to you is that I want patients to be happy and I want patients to be comfortable with the choices that they make. So if they're making a choice for pain relief, that's their decision and I'm completely comfortable with that. And on some patients, that's what they like to do and they're welcome to do that as long as they have the understanding that once the, that the pain goes, that the, if the problem's not fixed, the problem will invariably come back and it may come back in a different way. Uh, but by all means... Um, there is never any pressure um, uh, from my end, and I'm sure from not your end as well, to come from to come for chiropractic in a manner where they don't understand the value of it or the reason why they're coming. I, I think that's the key to why, even while we're doing this podcast. Yeah, look, my take on it is if I've got someone in their 60s coming in who's got osteoarthritic wear and tear, it means things have been happening for at least 40 years. Yep. And it's going to take a suitably appropriate amount of time to try and undo that wear and tear. Conversely, when I get people who are in their teens, 20s or 30s coming in, I don't want them to be that 65-year-old needing a hip replacement with lots of arthritis. And one of the most common things I hear from the older clients are, geez, I wish I'd had this looked at when I was younger. If I'd known then what I know now. So it's trying to get that message across, but we're human. Yeah, and you know what? That leads us to another point we're going to talk about. And mm-hmm. while we're on that, we might skip a couple of numbers mm-hmm. and go straight to why the hell would you adjust a child or a baby? And is that safe? Oh, it's very dangerous, Andrew. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Is it, is it as dangerous as... Feeding them coke and sugar? Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and the reason being, and, and once again, we talk about if, if... First of all, let's talk about the reason why you'd take your baby to or a child to a chiropractor. And that can... The first subluxation can happen even from the, uh, the birth process. Even a normal, healthy birth, when you think about it, uh, it's a big object above his head trying to fit out of a, a narrow canal. And we live in a... Um, let's just put it politically correctly and say a time-sensitive era mm-hmm. where it's sometimes rather than letting things flow as they normally should with nature, there's often uh, babies that are induced mm-hmm. and there's often uh, very busy hospitals. And so sometimes through medical intervention, mm-hmm. the process doesn't happen organically. So if you are having some medical intervention and it's working against nature, what can happen is the baby can get stuck. And then you, you, you might require forceps or you might require vacuum. And or or, uh, or caesarean for whatever reason. And emergency caesars are the big yeah. ones that I see. Yeah, as far as what can misalign uh, babies' necks. And or heads. even, and we know this from emerging research as well, what happens to mum, uh, stress sores. We, once again, we talk more about stress sores on the nervous system uh, on our last podcast. But if mum's stressed, if there's things going on in the family, if there's relationship problems, that affects in utero. What mum eats, her diet, 
affects what happens in utero. Without doubt. If mum has a pelvic misalignment, subluxation, causing constraints on the uterus, that affects what happens to the bub in utero. So all of these stressors can start whilst bub's in development phase. And then we have the birth process itself. And then we have kids being born and how many falls and accidents do kids have? So these stressors are, are already affecting bubs and kids from an early age. Yeah, and likewise too, we know even if the spine is in alignment, if there, there, there are these other stressors via the reflex system, mm-hmm. it can cause different parts of the spine to become uh, irritated and jammed as well, you know, through a viscerosomatic reflex and so forth. So, okay, we've established... Well, why, you want to jump that's, in. That's why well, I was going to say, that's, they are the reasons why a baby or child might have spinal subluxation and nerve interruption. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. And chiropractors can help remove that so the bub or child can develop to their maximum potential. Yes. Yeah? And then, so, we when we adjust a baby or a child, uh, what happens? Do you use the same technique as you do on an adult? Do you no. get those cracking things happening? Well, so, look, obviously the joints haven't actually uh, properly formed on a, on a young baby. So uh, the, the adjusting a child is very extraordinarily different to adjusting an adult. Sometimes it's fingertip pressure. Sometimes it's just very gentle, sustained pressure. Mm. You know, Sometimes I do a little flick with my fingers. Mm. And sometimes I use a thing called the activator. Activator. Go. Or I have beside me here a thing called the arthritis. Turn it on, mate. Let's hear it. There it is. There we go. <laughs> I call it my chiropractic jackhammer. Yeah. And the kids call it a tickle machine yeah. because they like the pressure of that on their spine. I've had it. It feels great. Yeah. yeah. And so we've established why and we've established how. I guess the one thing that parents get really concerned about is the risks. And, you know, I know you've prepared a couple of things for that. And uh, what are the risks, Andrew, of getting your child adjusted? Well, if we put things into perspective, I'm just going to read a statement here, which is from a great paediatric chiropractor, Jennifer Barham-Floriani. And this comes off on her websites. Paediatric care is... Uh, considering that there has been no serious adverse events related to chiropractic care published within the peer-reviewed literature from 1992 to 2010. So that's almost a 20-year period. I'll say that again, no serious adverse events. And there has been no deaths associated with chiropractic paediatric care for over 40 years and that's compared to the kids taking medications doing other procedures Uh, every drug has side effects so chiropractic care compared to other medical care and medications is extremely safe yeah and that does lead me on to something that I, I felt a personal injustice about when I saw the ABC Catalyst program regarding chiropractic and particularly paediatric chiropractic care. 
Uh, needless to say, we all felt uh, the, those of us who saw chiropractors and people in the profession who saw that uh, that particular pro- program saw it as a bit of a hatchet job. Uh, but and so it wasn't a balanced report. And I will say that that same reporter. Uh, the ABC's uh, Marianne Damasi also did a report on uh, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fried, and also did a report on statins uh, as far as using cholesterol drugs, and that was enough for them to say that they considered her stances not balanced, so she's no longer with that program. So, uh, unfortunately, people were forgotten about the chiropractic and the damage uh, as far as the bias may have been done. But needless to say that uh, I'm glad we were able to establish that with that 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 there was that wasn't unbiased reporting. Yeah, there was a, another. Um, I just want to touch on that as well. There was another gentleman who's a great chiropractor in Victoria, um, who appeared in the media due to his adjusting of of Bob's, uh, and appeared on several TV channels with a similar highly emotive response yes something that wasn't focused on is none of those babies or children had uh, any adverse events after the sessions with the chiropractor and all of the parents were happy with how their children responded so the parent satisfaction with having their kids attend with chiropractors is 90 something percent yes so you also need to look at the facts oh and that leads me to another point that i wrote down here when before just preparing for the podcast and then that talks about who are the main people criticizing the rationale and need for chiropractors and I felt that, that there was a common thing came a common theme came up with my patients when I spoke about that, mm. and it was overwhelmingly certain GPs and a lot of physiotherapists. Mm. So it was universally physiotherapists who felt that uh, chiropractic and chiropractors are definitely not needed in in healthcare. Uh, I wouldn't say that's for every physiotherapist. I mean, I I know a few. I've worked with a fair few over the years, and some of them are wonderful people with very open minds. But I would say there is a majority view amongst physiotherapists that chiropractic is seen as unnecessarily unnecessary and unsafe. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I think physios are great, and I occasionally refer some of my as do I some of my clients to yeah. physiotherapists for some rehab reasons. Um, But there definitely seems to be a one-way street of ill feeling between physios and chiropractors, and that is uh, the chiropractic profession is getting dissed by the physiotherapists and by medical doctors who simply don't understand what we do. And I think this relates back to chiropractors are a natural healthcare profession. We don't use drugs, we don't use surgery. We believe that the body has a healing power of its own and we want to unlock that and get people healthy without that external source. Whereas the medical profession by and large utilizes things like drugs and surgery to try and change the health of people. Can I make one point of that that yeah, I just remember? Look, I feel that when I, whenever I've spoken to patients about it, and I've, I've asked them the tone of the conversation, and the tone is always a bit, a bit angry towards chiropractic. And I think sometimes that anger comes from a place of injustice 
from their point of view and uh, and I just think they're confused they're, the physios are confused as to why people need to see chiropractors mm. and I think that we have to look at where that anger comes from you know what is it about what is what, it about what, the yeah let's actually what what's the difference between what chiropractors do and what physios do do they treat the same thing should I go to a physio? Should I go to a chiro? Or should I go to an osteo? Uh, can you elaborate on that a bit for us? I might have a different perspective on this than you. I, I may have, but maybe, maybe not. But that's okay. We, you know, we, we can have different... All of us chiropractors can have different opinions on things. But I feel that uh, chiropractors obviously specialise... Our main specialty is in the spine and the nervous system, but we're actually trained in every part of the whole body, including wrists, hands, knees, feet, mm. jaws, you know, everything else that goes with that. So Anything that's got a joint, yeah. basically. So I think we're joint specialists and nervous system specialists. And how that affects neurology, exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas physiotherapy, it doesn't really... Uh, consider the impact of the nervous system and the training in the joints is not anywhere near as comprehensive as the training as chiropractic. Can I just, I want to read definition of physiotherapy. I'll pull this up sure. off the internet. The treatment of disease, injury or deformity by physical methods such as massage, heat treatment and exercise rather than by drugs or surgery. Yeah. I, I, I've, you know one thing that I've always felt uh, I felt a little bit um, a little bit of an injustice mm. uh, because when I first graduated the main criticism by the polo shirt wearing mafia the physioterrorists was that chiropractic these, these, are, these adjustments these manipulations that they do were dangerous right and what actually has happened is that in, 19, in 1996, there was a huge study done on spinal pain, and they compared manipulation to massage, to acupuncture, to uh, drugs, drugs yeah, yeah. and to exercises, yep. and they found there was an overwhelming winner. Do you know what that winner was? Uh, let me guess manipulation correct it's the biggest study they ever did manipulation was a winner so guess what they started teaching at Cumberland College two years later uh, manipulation so now to become a manipulative physiotherapist you have to do another year after your normal physiotherapy course but yet the whole profession was saying that it was dangerous prior to that and hang on a second we've got uh, a final year student with us at the moment uh, watching thanks for your help marcus by the way pleasure can you uh, how many years are you studying chiropractic adjusting for at the moment okay so it's a five-year degree with yep. three years undergrad and two years masters we start to learn how to adjust in the second year, so there's effectively four years of adjusting. So, in just in case people didn't hear that because he's away from the mic, in a five-year course, you start learning chiropractic adjusting techniques in the second year through to the fifth year. So Correct. it's four years of, of, joint, le yeah. of learning how to restore normal motion to the joints of the body and as compared not to... Not smoking the... joints, manipulating <laughs> joints, all right? Let's make that clear, everyone, okay? 
All right, so, yeah. So, so okay, cool. So, so, and, and on top of that, there are medical courses that teach manipulative therapy um, uh, for medical doctors to become manipulative therapists. Yeah, so the whole... And so, they are, don't get me wrong, I think they are weekend courses I could stand to be corrected on that. Uh, let well, me just say. Let, they are, I think they are weekend courses. And to me, that would be like getting a chiropractic degree out of a cornflakes packet. Mm. But so, that's me. So why would you go to a chiro as opposed to a physio? Yeah, and that's the big one. And that's the part that I think is contentious amongst chiropractors. Because some chiropractors do a lot of treatment on knees and hips. Mm. I know I do a bit of, yeah. I do treatment on you that. Got big, you? You've got a big sports chiropractic. Yeah. Uh, but it history. depends, to be honest, Andrew, for me, it depends upon the type of injury. And, and the genuine truth is, if someone has done an ACL tear, mm. I tend not to just do that myself. I've got an exercise physiologist who I work with, so I work with her. But in the past, when I haven't had an exercise physiologist, I'm more than happy to refer out to a physio to help rehab that as well. Yeah, yeah same you know? and, and shoulder strengthening strengthening rehab things are, are the areas i i refer my patients to go and see a physio as well uh it's just a shame that we don't get uh the reverse happening it does happen with some practitioners i know it does uh but once again we look at we look at why yeah and, and this is something that i've always you know i'm, I'm really a probably too deep a thinker at times but for every, for every action there's an emotion Right, so the physios are never referring back to to us. I think the emotion behind that is indifference or or anger. Behind the emotion, there is, behind the emotion, there's a perception. Behind the perception, there's an attitude. Mm-hmm. So it goes attitude, perception, emotion, action. So the action that I just think that hopefully you know, their their perceptions and their attitudes towards chiropractic has been clouded and you you and I had a conversation about this the other day thinking that that may even be at university you know yeah absolutely I, I think um, I remember going to a, a big music event in Centennial Park years back and ended up in the lines to the Portaloos chatting to a physio student who, what was the gig uh, was the V Festival or something okay, like yeah. that yeah yeah and uh, and when I said I'm a chiropractor this girl was horrified and and you shouldn't be messing with the spine. That was the kind of reaction it was. And yeah. I was like, well, don't you want to be healthy? And not only that, I think she hit the nail on the head with messing with yeah. the spine because it means that if you really don't know what you're doing, should you really be messing with it anyway? And isn't that the perception? You know, yeah, that's well, funny. indeed, yeah. yes. Obviously, that person's knowledge on what they were doing with the spine wasn't, isn't the same. Wasn't a high level of else. confidence, no, was it? You no, know, it wasn't exactly a high level right. of confidence. All right, we've covered that one. Where are we yeah. up to now, buddy? <clears throat> okay, um, whilst we're on that, a bit of segue and something else that we've both heard whilst we're talking about chiropractic and physiotherapy and spine and muscle function. And that is muscles control what's happening to the body. Yeah. Muscles pull things out of place. Do you want to control do you want to take that one? Because that's a common one that I hear too. And and that's a, that that was number six scratched off the list. Uh, thank you. That was a nice lead in. Muscles control things. So 
to fix the problem, you've got to fix the muscle. And so stretch the muscle, strengthen the muscle, rather than uh, the other way around. Because, you know, the, the, the perception is if the muscle's not working properly, it pulls the joint out of alignment. Uh, and once the alignment is once the alignment is not normal, then we fix it through what we've spoken about already. Come on, mate, you want you to take that one. Yeah, okay. There's a couple of really important points. First of all, I would say if you are a professional sports person playing something like tennis or golf, yep. where there is a specialised movement, especially one that's towards one side of the body and there's an imbalance, you are going to have imbalanced muscle control happening. And that is a muscular thing which requires appropriate and opposite strengthening, stretching, etc. However, the majority of muscle work happening in the body is due to our posture and postural control. And according to the Harvard Medical School, this is all of neurological function. And what controls the neurological function of our posture, the brain, nervous system, and spine? So, in other words, what we're saying is, if, if you have a normal nerve and a normal muscle, so say that my brain is sending information through my spinal cord mm. via chemical electrical cascade of chain reactions that happen so fast we can't imagine, mm. that goes down, it comes out of the spinal cord, goes through the nerve, and down into the hamstring. Mm. Now, if I've got a vertebra that's pushing on that nerve, once again, like we spoke about earlier, what can happen is, is it's like putting your foot on a hose and water can't get through that mm. hose, right? So then if the mm. water can't get through the hose, what happens to that muscle? That muscle might go weak or depending upon what's happening at the nerve, the muscle might become too tight, right? So what we're saying is you could stretch that muscle you could strengthen that muscle if you don't take your foot off the hose and let the water flow back through, which is normal nerve function, that muscle can't work as it should. And coming back to the research side of things, which you know I love, Heidi Doctor, PhD Doctor, Heidi Harvick, chiropractor and neuro researcher, did some awesome research last week. I think I mentioned it in the last uh, podcast last week. So she didn't do the research last week. She did it last year. One chiropractic adjustment improved muscle strength by 17%, decreased the fatigue of the muscle, uh, and was the equivalent to three weeks of strength training. Let me say that again. That's awesome. One chiropractic adjustment. That's awesome. Yeah, I was keeping that in the pocket. One (laughs) chiropractic adjustment was the equivalent to three weeks of strength training to that muscle. So, what this is showing basically is that the neurological effect of the nerve and spine has a much higher effect in our posture than simply trying to strengthen muscles. And do you know what, I, I think they did some research many years ago on how much pressure it takes to affect the nerve. That was at University of Colorado. Yes. And it was the weight of a 20 cent piece. That's right. So a weight of a 20 cent piece can affect nerve function by up to 50%. Mm. So, 
Uh, it means the nerves are really sensitive. 60%. 60, oh, there you go. Well, it was a while since I've read that one. You've got me. 60%. So that means that that's, the nerves are very sensitive, in other words. Oh, look, what I would also say is every single chiropractor I know gives people posture-strengthening exercises as well. Yeah. So, so our question was, muscles control the body, uh, and our response is people doing voluntary actions, there's voluntary muscle control, 90% of the brain's function and energy goes towards our posture and positioning, and that is neurological. It is the nerve system and spine function which control what's happening with our posture. Yeah, and there's no way... I, I don't think it's a chicken and an egg situation. I really feel strongly that... Um, look, both, both working together, and I will say that, say someone is a golfer like you mentioned and they are rotating one way all the time and that's causing the spine to rotate one way all the time as you say by correcting the spine will realign it but also if the muscles and ligaments are also used to being stretched one particular way as you say we often do exercises to help balance it out yeah, in the opposite absolutely. direction. The so, sitting in front of a computer for 10 hours a day for the next 30 years, they need some posture exercises without a doubt. Got that busted, mate. That was number... What number was that? Oh, that was number five. Five done. What about... What's number eight? Because we'll probably... Oh, let's go number four. Number we, four. Yeah, this is biggie. We probably even should have done this at the start. Chiropractic is dangerous... If you adjust someone's neck, they can it can cause a stroke and paralyze them. Yeah, and that's the big one. Uh, that wow, that we've we've learned so much over that over twenty years too. That when we first uh, uh, when we first started that that um, we saw that oh, chiropractic actually got an unfair rap according to the latest research too, hasn't it? You know because we're finding out now that. Uh, that many of the people that have stroke or stroke-like symptoms when visiting a chiropractor, that that problem is going on before they even come to see us, isn't it? So if you look at the incident of stroke or the incident of stroke-like symptoms, that often what brings them into the chiropractor in the first place with a neck pain or some vertigo or any of these other symptoms that relate to that uh, what what happens with that is that this is already going on and then after the treatment that the chiropractor is blamed when it's not really the chiropractor's fault. Yeah, first, firstly, there is a risk, even if it is really, 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 really small with any procedure. So there is a risk factor, just like there is crossing the road and getting hit by a car. And in fact, the risk of dying from that is much higher than it is from attending a chiropractor. So we need to point that out. The risk factor of having vertebral artery damage uh, by being adjusted by a chiropractor uh, varies between one in 400,000 to one in five million. That is the statistic related to that procedure. And what was the research that you, you circled out before that we came, you know, before we started today? Yeah, so this is taken off chiro.org. Uh, comparative risk in perspective, comparison of death rates due to various causes. 
So at the bottom of the list, neurological complication from cervical manipulation. And that's just not by chiropractors, that's by any physical practitioner. 0.3. And then to give you some perspective, risk of dying from canoeing, three. So you're 10 times more likely to die from going canoeing than you are from getting your neck adjusted by a chiropractor. You haven't Re- seen me canoe. <laughs> Drinking one bottle of wine per day, 75. Yeah. Uh, automobile driving in the United Kingdom, 169. That's compared to 0.3. So every time you get in the car and drive, you have a 500 times more likely risk of death than you do of visiting a chiropractor. What about gastrointestinal bleeding due to NSAID use? NSAIDs are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs Otherwise, Voltar and Nurofen, over-the-counter anti-inflammatories, which is another point because they're not anti-inflammatories, they're pain relief. The risk factor of death is 400 compared to 0.3. Yes, so we're talking about there is risk, but even the risk that was uh, associated associated with with that is really small. Now, there was another study done... um, they tested the force required to cause vertebral artery damage. The values measured during spinal manipulative therapy were less than those recorded during range of motion and diagnostic testing. And the vertebral artery strains measured during spinal manipulation were less than one ninth those needed to achieve arterial failure. So coming back to what you were saying, Nick, from the research, from the statistic, from the peer-reviewed studies, uh, it would appear that the most likely scenario is in those really rare cases that someone has uh, has reported having uh, uh, stroke-like symptoms after visiting a chiropractor, they were probably already having that that artery damage. Uh, prior to visiting the chiropractor. Do you know when I was at uni, fifth year uni, there was I was sitting there in um at, at our uh where we do our uh, see our patients because I think chiropractors have to see uh, uh a certain amount of patients before they graduate yeah. and there's a student <clears throat> clinic that you've worked at you yeah, know absolutely. and um, done some great work down there with students uh, and one time we're sitting there and the guy in the waiting room. Uh, lost consciousness and passed out on the floor mm. before he even came into the room and he had a stroke in the waiting room prior to his first ever appointment and I would argue that what happened if that happened literally half an hour later mm. you know so the people are having unfortunately it's, a, it's, it's one of the main killers in our society cardiovascular disease uh, these things happen and they're tragic when they do sometimes unfortunately chiropractic is seen as a cause of these problems when they're not, when it's not. No, I think one of the questions, uh, and sorry, I will admit, I'm not sure if this is in Australia or in the United States, but um, anyone uh, having stroke-like symptoms attending a hospital gets asked, have you visited a chiropractor within the last 30 days? Yeah, that's a leading question, isn't it? And it doesn't matter if, they went for low back pain 
or something unrelated to net, they get asked, have you visited a chiropractor within the last 30 days? Yeah. And if they have, box ticked, oh, this is related to chiropractic care. Yeah. And that's a joke. It's a leading question, right? Yeah. That's, that's right up there with the, with the bias reporting from ABC Catalyst. So, all right, mate, that's number five off the list. Uh, what was number eight? Um, yeah, interesting point. You come in for one thing, and then you get adjusted, and then something else appears. Yeah, and look, I don't know about you, but the amount of patients that I see that are in abnormal movement patterns, whereby, say, they sleep in a funny position, or they kick a ball one way, or they sit at a desk all day, or, look, so when you, often what happens in my, my, my mind, when you start to correct one area, the other area, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, it's okay? one of the laws of the universe. It's one of the laws of the universe. So that means if you've got a crook neck and your shoulder's up and your position there is, is misaligned, that means as we correct that area, something else will have to counter-rotate and balance. So you may get a pain elsewhere that is a normal and natural consequence of your body trying to sleep itself something returning to normal function that's right so rather than being anxious about that or rather than be all you need to do is talk to your chiropractor about it and he or she will be able to explain that this is a normal part of getting better and in fact is probably a positive change yes yeah, so it's a common thing where, and we've spoken to new patients, and oh yeah, one thing about chiropractic Actually, patients. That, yeah, that's one of the things I explain in the beginning. As we go through this corrective process, I expect other symptoms to pop up along the way as your body changes and improves function. Yep. So see that as a positive. Please advise me of any changes as we go yep. because we address them as they pop up. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And we're always interested and our ears are always open and knowing that to, to heal, to truly heal something, it takes time, you know, it, it's, and, and your body will respond in its own way mm. that's necessary for it to, to restore normal movement and, and function. And it depends on what's happening in the day-to-day life of each individual. But if it's, if it's concerning, if it's, you think it's serious, please bring it up to your chiropractor because uh, the one thing that we think is important is that you can communicate with whomever you're seeing because they've got your best interest at heart. Absolutely. Uh, all right, mate. I think we've covered all yeah. eight. Do you I, anything I, else you want to talk about there? Look, I, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I will say this. I, I had one, two little things to finish mm. with yeah. and, and that I wrote down. And I will say that often I find the people who are the heaviest on criticism of us are often the lightest in personal experience. Yeah, so, you often get the critique coming from someone who's never been to a chiropractor? I met someone at a party a month ago and she came, I met her for the first time, mm. and this has happened to me probably four or five times, which you'll find out, is that um, they come up and go, oh, g'day, Michael, I'm, I'm such and such, so. I'm Linda, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's my wife's though that's why we're laughing and Andrew said it off the top of his head uh, Sarah would never say that Sarah loves chiropractic and chiropractors that's how we met um, but uh, and she's one of the biggest advocate, advocates of chiropractic that I know uh, but she basically and I'll say um what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a chiropractor. Oh, you're the chiropractor. I hate chiropractors. And I find that I always laugh because 
I don't get offended by that. I just think that that's just hilarious. I think it's just a reflection of I'm dealing with someone who A, isn't afraid to upset you (laughs) and B, has a very narrow focus and idea and perception of what's actually Mm. sort of, you know, whereabouts. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you have those experiences. If you've had that, besides the uh, the V concert, you know we were at the Portaloo and the girls having a crack at you. But yeah, no. I no, not like that. I, That's I happened have, to me yeah, about four or five times. That, that yeah. in particular, that no, no, I have had. Yeah, I'm a chiropractor. Oh yeah, I'd never go to a chiropractor. Yeah, which is up yeah, there too. Yeah. Um, and. The last one we didn't speak about, and this is one thing that I want to finish on, is that the perception of chiropractic has become that they would have to be in agony first to go to one rather than it being the first port of call. Mm. It's often seen as a last resort. Resort, yeah. And in fact, the literature would suggest that patients have tried upwards of six or seven things before they'll come to a chiropractor, Mm. including waiting to see if it goes away, Mm. rest, physio, massage, drugs, drugs, you know, uh, go to the doctor. You know, and we've already ascertained, um, doctors bless them. I love my GP, um, had minimal knowledge or experience with anything musculoskeletal. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. I've got a GP who I think is awesome as well. Uh, and very good when it comes to disease and disease processes, but not, not the type of things that we typically can help with. Uh, so, I think, you know, I, I think what, what would be great is chiropractors and the switched on people in our society and the people who get the message that we're trying to get across is that chiropractors are often seen as a first port of call, not a last resort, and as a health choice for themselves and their families rather than a, a, a scary last resort to try before you try surgery on your spine or something of that nature. All right, mate, I think we're done. Well oh. said, Mick, and just to take us out, myths, myth-busting and misconceptions of chiropractic. Thank you, Scully. Woo!